Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. left to play and there's Wall down the lane again for two. Harden will shoot it from the outside and he picks up where he left off last season with a three. And we are back once again with another installment of Believe in the Rockets only on the Believe Podcast Network. And as always, I'm your host, credential reporter for SB Nation, covering your Houston Rockets, Cody Davis, along with my partner in crime. Ex-Houston Rocket player, Joaquin Hawkins. What's going on, CD? How you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I just hope these Houston Rockets start winning so I can do even better. However... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to this podcast, please remember to subscribe to Believe in the Rockets on all your favorite podcast streaming services. And if you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts by any chance, please be sure to leave us a five-star review. We have a lot to talk about today on this show. Of course, with the Rockets returning back to the Toyota Center tonight to take on the Orlando Magics, we will do our normal game preview later on in the show, and I must say that this is a must-win for the Rockets. They are currently sitting at 2-4 and four after losing to the Indiana Pacers Wednesday night, and I want to take some time, and Hawk, I really want to get your opinion on things as well to see you know what is wrong with the Rockets, more so the offense. And I'm pretty sure you listeners out there heard what's going on with Calvin Murphy. He actually mentioned that he believed James Harden quit on the team. Um, he didn't say it during the broadcast. The broadcast was actually going to break and he was being asked about James Harden's performance. And he said, you know, James didn't look like himself. And he, and he really did not look like himself Wednesday night, but right before they cut to commercial and I guess before they cut off his mic, he was like, yeah, he quit. So I'm going to touch on my theory of why James Harden did not look like himself against the Indiana Pacers. But first, Hawk, as I mentioned, I want to talk to you today about, you know, what is going on with this Houston Rockets offense, because I truly believe that there is too much talent on this team for them to be playing like the way that they are. And I do want to say, it's not like they're getting blown off the court, um, except for that game Monday night against the Dallas Mavericks, but it's not like they are getting blown off the court. There is potential there, but at some point, the potential need to start coming out. And Steven Silas's game plan on, on the offensive end is to make sure that he gets his team to share the ball a little bit more in his system. And before we get into that, I do want to tell you guys about a few sponsors. The NBA and college basketball season are back. The NFL playoffs are right around the corner. 
With all these sports going on, there are plenty of bets to lock in. So if you are thinking about picking the Lakers to repeat as NBA champions or someone to knock off Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, you need to go with betonline.ag. And ladies and gentlemen, speaking of someone who can actually host that Vince Lombardi trophy other than Patrick Mahomes in Kansas City, I think I'm going to take that 8-1 to one odds and say my New Orleans Saints is going to come away victorious. However, with that being said, from game spreads and totals to teams, players, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And there is always an online casino as well. It never closes. So head on over to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that is betonline.ag. Sign up today. And before moving on, I also want to give a special shout out to Houston Rockets big man, DeMarcus Cousins. Did you guys know that he had his own comedy show? It's called Land Old Lakers with DeMarcus Cousins. And I actually had an opportunity to watch it over the holidays with my wife. And I want to say it was pretty funny. You're talking about someone who is really not too big on the whole stand-up comedy aspect of things. But I actually enjoyed watching DeMarcus Cousins stand-up comedy. Why, you might ask? Because I had an opportunity to watch Steph Curry along with several other NBA players get roasted in the crowd. And this particular event was hosted by no other than Mr. Funny Man himself, Mr. Mike Epps. And it also features some funny comedians as well, including Gary Owens. It's streaming right now on Amazon Prime and also available for free on Tube TV. So go check it out. Once again, that is Land Old Lakers with the Markets Cousins. And with that being said, I know I covered this in our last installment, but Steven Silas says that he wants more ball movement within his system. And we all know Monday after they lost to the Dallas Mavericks, he said that he did not like the offensive performance that the Rockets showcased. He said at times the offense looked a little stagnant and there was too much standing around. And after Wednesday night game, I asked Steven Silas, did he think the ball movement improved? And he said, although he felt through the first three quarters that the ball movement did look a little bit better, he said they kind of, he felt that the Rockets actually reverted back into their one-on-one style of play. Hawk, I don't know if you agree with this statement, but outside of picking rolls with Christian Wood, I don't think this offense looks very great. And when I take a look at the ball movement that should be going on, I don't think it's more of them just passing the ball to one another. I think it's more so off-ball movement. And I, I'd used this example in the last show and I'm going to use it here. There was two examples that I used in the last show, but I'm only going to stick to one right now. When you go back and take a look at the game against the Dallas Mavericks, there was a particular play where John Wall had the ball in his hand. And the only time that there was any type of off ball movement was when PJ Tucker came and set a pick for John. And I'm looking at the, corner of what's going on on his strong side and I'm looking at Christian Wood and, and James Harden just standing there and I thought to myself that would have been the perfect opportunity for Christian Wood to set an off-ball screen for James Harden giving him the opportunity to cut back door for an easy layup or you know get himself open for a wide open three-pointer and we all know with John Wall's ability to find players I'm pretty sure he would have been able to find and open James Harden. The ball movement did look a little bit better Wednesday night, but it was only when either James Harden, John Wall, Eric Gordon was driving to the basket and they kicked it out to a wide open three-point shooter. And instead of someone taking that open shot, 
when the defense closed on them, they actually passed it to another teammate who's a little bit more wide open. And that was a step in the right direction. But Hawk, I want to get your opinion on this because I'm starting to get a sense that it is more so the fact that this team has not had the appropriate amount of time to get accustomed to not only Steven Silas's system, but just getting accustomed to playing with one another. And Hawk, especially with you as a former NBA player, I want to ask you two questions. One, do you get the sense that maybe the players are struggling because they have not had that opportunity to finally put the whole puzzle together because every time it seems like we're going to have, or we're going to see the Rockets at full strength, somebody get hurt. A couple players goes out and they have to quarantine. And I also want to ask, especially as a former basketball player, how hard is it for a player to learn a coach's new system on the fly? Like we are seeing right now with the Rockets. Well, first, as a professional player, um, it is an adjustment, no matter if it's a uh, new player uh, coming to the team, a new coach, um, in this case, um, and a new system. I mean, they, they have all three. So it is an adjustment. Uh, I mean, it is a, an adjustment period that's needed for them to, you know, be able to, to, to have that chemistry. Um, as I say, even right now to my younger kids and my, my youth teams, the more you play, the better you are. And obviously the more you play with your team, uh, the better your chemistry is. So it is definitely understandable that they don't have the chemistry that's needed like other teams. Um, and it starts with having everybody healthy at the same time. I mean, I don't think it's been more than two games where they had everybody together. So that right there is, is an uphill battle uh, for the team. Um, for Harden himself, I think he finished up with, what, 15 points? and. We know that he, that's not the, the Harden that we all know, but we also, we got to look at the last, what, eight, seven, eight years, he, he's been playing a certain way. You know, the one-on-one, the -on -one, obviously he's one of the best one-on-one uh, -on -one, uh, players in the NBA. So that is his style of play. And, and trying to, just in four games or five games, trying to adjust to, you know, move more without the ball. Um, you know, look for the open man. He is a, a, is a willing passer, but just trying to be at the right place at the right time it is an adjustment um not only for harden but but for the entire team um you know i still am optimistic to see that they will improve in time but it all starts with having everybody healthy everybody playing at the same time um and and knowing what each player can and can't do they haven't have they haven't had the chance to do that yet um you know solace I'm sure he does want the ball to move a lot more than it has in the past, and that's just not going to happen overnight. And I think at one point, uh, the Rockets, they were up by, by two or three points. So the, the games has definitely been competitive. I think other than Dallas, them losing to Dallas by with 13 points, everything else has been 10 points or less, whether they, they won or lost those games. Um, so they the, the the skill, the experience, uh, the the competitive nature is there for the Rockets. But, you know, chemistry only comes with time. And they just got to have more time together as a team. And they also, and I'm glad that you touched on this, and that's what I want to get into next is the James Harden factor in all of this. Wednesday night, I must say that I was even questioning, you know, what is wrong with James Harden? He, he was not aggressive. He looked a little bit passive. And... He just, he just did not look like himself. And, Hulk, to your point, I'm pretty sure the number one player who is having a hard time adjusting to 
Stephen Silas's system of wanting to pass the ball more is James Harden. Because isolation ball has been the blueprint of not only his game, but is it has also been the blueprint of the Rocket system ever since he has came to this organization in 2012. And, you know, I, I don't want to call him a ball hogger because, of course, the numbers says otherwise. This has always been a guy who is top six in assists over the last couple of years. He actually led the league in assists, I believe, in 2017. But at the same time, this is a ball-dominant guard, possibly the most ball-dominant guard in, in, in the past 10 years. Maybe the only person that could challenge him is Russell Westbrook, and that's part of the reason why those two guys cannot really play with each other. But Harden is the Rockets' offense. And for Steven Silas to come in here and say, I would like guys – I would like my players to share the ball more. I'm not saying that Harden is opposed to it, but it's going to take some time for him to do that. And I saw a lot of people on Twitter and on social media after Wednesday's game, especially after um, Kevin Murphy's comment about him quitting. I don't think James Harden quit on this team. I think Harden is really trying to get accustomed to what Steven Silas is demanding or asking from his players. He, he might be kind of conflicted because, yes, he wants to share the ball with his teammates, but at the same time, he wants to still go out there and be the James Harden that we all know, which is an ISO type of player. And a lot of people was comparing his first two games of the season or the first three games of the season versus to where he is now. Now, in between that time, he did sustain an ankle injury, and he was asked about the possibility of you know, the struggles that we have been seeing over these last two games, is it a result of your ankle injury? And he said, no, he said his ankle feel fine. And Steven Silas said the same thing. So it's not an ankle injury. I'm pretty sure that as the struggles that we are seeing with James Harden right now is him being conflicted into how is he going to fit within the system? And going back to the first three games of the season, especially the first two games of the season, when he was averaging 38 points and 12 assists, it was easier for James Harden to be the, the guy, to be this MVP caliber player that we all started loving and becoming accustomed to over the last eight years. It's because during that time frame, John Wall was out. Eric Gordon was out. He was the only ball handler on this team. So it was much easier for him to play his style of basketball. Now you take a look at the last two, not only are those guys back, but now it's like, okay, you no longer have that pass to be James Harden, the ISO guy. And that is part of the reason why he went from averaging 38 points and 12 assists to now over the last two games, he's averaging 18 points and 11 assists. Now I do want to mention when it comes to James Harden and being able to get accustomed to Steven Silas's system. And Silas was actually asked about this earlier this week how can you find an equal balance for you to have your guys share the basketball, but at the same time, still let James Harden and even John Wall, who, who can also excel as a one-on-one -on -one player, you can still let those guys go out and do, and do his thing. The perfect game that I will say defines a Steven Silas type of offense. And I know it's still early and hopefully we get more of these is that very first game against the Sacramento Kings last Thursday, which resulted in their first win because the first three quarters, let's say two and a half quarters, James Harden was not aggressive. It seemed like he was trying to get his teammates involved until that fourth quarter. 
Until the fourth quarter, when that man scored 16 of his 33 and brought the Rockets home, he was the closer. I think that is what's best for this team. The first two, two and a half, three quarters, it's okay to try to win. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to say try to win the Stephen Silas way, but it's okay to stick to the game plan. But unlike Wednesday night, I was actually hoping that we got an opportunity to see that again. James Harden sticking to the game plan, fourth quarter, your team down by two or three points. It is time for you to take over because, yes, Eric Gordon is great. Yes, John Wall has looked phenomenal, but they're not James Harden. I agree, man. Um, just looking at um, how many points they scored uh, per quarter um, on Wednesday, first quarter they scored 30, second quarter I think they scored 26, third quarter they scored 31, and the fourth quarter they only had 20 points. Uh, Harden get that by himself in, in just six or seven minutes. So that shows that there is something that they're lacking as a team. Um, I agree. It has to be a balance, and it's tough to tell someone that's been a uh, MVP candidate <laughs> for the last six years. You know what? I don't need you scoring right now. I don't need you scoring as much right now. That's tough. Uh, Harden is a goal getter, man. The dude is a hooper, and you got to put the ball in your best player's hands, especially in the fourth quarter, especially if you if you're not winning at that time. So you know we all understand new systems. Silas is coming in with a new game plan. Uh, pass the ball. They do have other willing passers. Uh, they also have other players that can that can score. But again, at the end of the day, you got to get the ball to your best player's hands in the fourth quarter. And that's one thing that the, the Rockets have failed to do the last couple of games. And I hate to repeat myself here, but I don't agree that James Harden quit on his team Wednesday night. And as I mentioned, that is what Calvin Murphy believed at the end of their loss against the Indiana Pacers. Like I said, it was going to break. His mic was still on. And he was like, yeah, he quit. I don't think James Harden quit. I think he's more so trying to find that niche. Okay, how can I be a part of this system and still be James Harden? And with Calvin Murphy saying that Harden quit, of course, that rubbed a lot of people the wrong way because Harden has yet to come out and say, you know what? I changed my mind. I would like to stay here in Houston. He has he has yet to kill the trade rumors. And Hawk, we talked about this in the pregame show. Even if James Harden did quit on the Rockets, let's say he did. What, how is that going to look for him and his trade value? Because you take a look at one, you take a look at his, the, the, the destinations that he would like to go to. Every single one of the teams that he would like to play for, not named the Houston Rockets, I'm not going to say they don't want James Harden because I'm pretty sure they will welcome him with open arms, but they honestly don't need him. Yeah. They don't need him. You're right, man. Those teams are playing well. Uh, Philly, what are they, 7-1? and one? The Philadelphia 76ers, they're on a five-game win streak, and Joel Embiid is getting early considerations for league MVP. Mm. The Nets... They are playing pretty good. Not only are they playing good, one of the primary assets that you was going to throw into a James Harden trade is now hurting Spencer Dinwiddie. He's out for the year. The Miami Heat, they're looking good. Their young players are looking even better than they did last year. They're not going to give those guys up. Then the last destination he chose, the Boston Celtics. I don't know about you, Hawk. I think Boston is already a top three team in the league, <laughs> and I don't think they're going to be as good as these two names I'm about to throw out here. But Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they're looking like 
Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen 2.0. <laughs> yeah, man, those, those those some hoopers too, man. Young cats, uh, they got a, a bright future, and as you said, man, it's it's hard to take away a team's chemistry when they have it already this early on. Um, and right now, the Rockets are the only team that has yet to to break um, be having uh, new players or a new system, but you know, to break in to at least be five hundred right now, and they're not. Uh, it's gonna be tough for him, man. And I, you know, again, I, I really hope James gives it uh, an entire year with the Rockets. Um, obviously, we know he has the talent. I just think he just need to have the patience and just try to work what he does have. Uh, I think the Rockets need to get Demarcus uh, Cousins just in, you know a little bit more uh, touches. Just it's more involved. Um, I think he's he's too good. He has too good of experiences um, for him not to to get more shots and not just be a stretch four, a stretch five. Um, again, the pieces are there. The pieces are there. It, it's just a, the, the problem of getting everybody on the same page, playing together. Um, it's tough to get these practices in right now when you're playing almost every other day. Um, so, you know, as you said a little bit earlier, you got to learn on the fly. And these are pros. These are pros. So I expect for them to be able to do that. It's going to take some time. But, yeah, I, 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 I'm right with you. I don't think that Harden quit. Um, you know, during the game, I think that he was just again maybe conflicted and and really trying to adjust to what the game plan was. You know, you touched on Demarcus Cousins, and <laughs> I feel like every time I come on this show, I mention Demarcus Cousins how he should play more, and I don't want this to turn into me begging Stephen Silas or the Houston Rockets to play Demarcus Cousins. I don't want what this podcast to turn into, but I'm I'm kind of starting getting a little bit irritated into the lack of time that Cousins had. I had an opportunity to ask Steven Silas. I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last installment, but I had an opportunity to ask Steven Silas, why is DeMarcus Cousins has seen so limited time on the court? And I knew one, that it was because of how crowded the front court is. I mean, you have Christian Wood, who is playing like a MVP caliber player himself. We all know P.J. Tucker is a guy that is basically the heart and soul of this team. Then you also have Jay Sean Tay, who is coming in and has really thrived early on in his rookie season. I understand that. But Silas also says something that caught my attention. And I was waiting for these next couple of games just to see how much of that is true. Silas said it also depends on the matchup. And I understand that because when you go back and take a look at the game against the Sacramento Kings, Yes, DeMarcus Cousins in a short amount of time was showcasing what he can do, but it wasn't long enough. I believe he averaged somewhere between 12 or 13 minutes, but it was hard for Cousins to stay on the court because the Kings went small ball and he was literally getting blown by. There was this one incident where he got switched on Darren Fox and Fox took him to the rack easily. So I understand it from that perspective, but now going back to Wednesday's night game when you take on the Indiana Pacers and they're going out there with Sabonis and Miles Turner, they're playing two big men and you only played DeMarcus Cousin for 25 minutes. And in those 25 minutes, the man pulled down 14 rebounds and blocked four shots. Now I get it. He has not looked as fluent on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I talked to one of my best friends. He said, maybe it's because he out of shape might take him a little bit longer to get in shape as towards what we see with John Wall, but there was no reason into why DeMarcus Cousins was not on that court late in the fourth quarter for the Rockets because that game Wednesday night came down between, which I know it will be, 
which team could rebound the basketball? Indiana Pacers won that battle, and the Rockets end up losing the game. And now you look at tonight, they're taking on Nikolai Vukovic in the Orlando Magic. The next two games after that, well, matter of fact, the next four games after that, you got a meeting with Anthony Davis, Marcus All, and LaMarcus Aldridge. So for Steven Silas to say, not only are we dealing with a crowded front court, but we are also looking at the matchups. There is no reason in the world, especially if Christian Woods do not play tonight, there is no reason in the world for DeMarcus Cousins to play less than 30 minutes. I agree, man. And, you know, in the league, in the NBA, it, it is, man. The, the game is, is all about matchups. And because you play so many games, um, the team, as I said at the, the beginning of the season, uh, the team that's the most versatile, they're going to have the most success. And I'm sure that it is an adjustment even for DeMarcus to be playing with Harden and Wall. And I mean, come on, we, we, we talked about it before. Those guys put up shots, they're ball dominant. Um, the one thing I would like to see, even if he is in a game 14, 15 minutes when he doesn't play um, against those other teams that do have uh, prim primary bigs that, that are used a lot, um, they utilize him more. You know, let's try to get him to the free throw line. Let's, let's get some post-ups. Let's get some, some screen and pops uh, so he can be able to, to shoot the ball a little bit more. Um, I think just utilizing him and, and helping him be efficient in that way, that's something the Rockets can do. And he doesn't need to have a lot of uh, playing time to do that. He needs to have some touches. And, uh, again, I think that's another adjustment that um, Harden and Wall, as well as Salas, has to realize utilize the players you have of what they do well and because the marcus is an experienced big um you put him down on that block he, he got a nice little jump hook he got a couple of uh post moves even if he doesn't make the shot he can create some fouls get him to the free throw line and just just to show and 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 work on your team has some sort of versatility because they're going to need it as they get closer towards the middle of the season and I don't want to continue using this as an excuse because at the end of the day, regardless of how many passes you and I and the fans might give the Rockets, because, I mean, it's, it sucks. You know, we are about to enter, what, the seventh game of the season, and you probably could count one or two days where you can say the full entire roster was together. But at the end of the day, they're going to have to find some kind of way to get accustomed to whatever Steven Silas is asking and whatever the players want out of Steven Silas because they are still in the Western Conference. <laughs> and right now they are two and three. I don't want a situation where we get to the second half of the season and it's because you drop a game against Dallas. It's because you dropped a winnable game against Indiana. Um, because you dropped a game a winnable game in Portland early on in the season. Now you're playing catch up to get to the playoffs. Now it's not, you're not fighting for home court advantage. You know, you're fighting for a seventh or an eighth seed. God forbid if you end up being one of the teams that's playing a playing game for a playoffs. Like I don't want the Rockets to end up missing too much time. And we keep saying, Oh, it's not enough time. It's not, is they got to get accustomed to each other and all this. Like while all that is true at the end of the day, they still have to win games. And, I'm not going to start panicking as of now. I'm basically going to wait and see what take place tonight against the Magic. But next week is going to be tough. You have two games against the Lakers and two games against the Spurs. And both of those teams are playing really good right now. 
well, hey, this is the NBA, dude. And even though it's you know early on in the season, um, winning games now matters, as you just said. No one wants to be toward the tail end of the of the season just trying to get in at that seventh or eighth seed and. You know, it, it's so much that can happen during that time. So a lot of a lot of good teams, they're taking care of their business now. And uh, the Rockets, they gotta they gotta realize the importance of, of winning those those games now. And as we said, the games are they're losing right now. They're in the games, real competitive games. Um, they've had a chance. I think they even had a few leads in in, in in several of these games. But you know, that fourth quarter has to be go time. And uh, right now, with them being two and four you know they they got to be able to to come up with the w with these next few games and speaking of the game tonight as i mentioned before they take on the orlando magic and the magic look pretty good to start out the season they are six and two led by nikolai vukovic who is averaging 20 points and 10 rebounds um markel false my god I, I feel so bad for him he was a guy looked like he was really starting to put together a breakout season. But as we all know, Wednesday night, he tore his ACL. So, of course, he's out for the year. The Magics are going to be a little bit weak in that department because Markel was giving them 13 and, and 6. And like I say, he was really putting together a, a really good breakout season. But when you look on the Houston Rockets side of things, Daniel House will continue to be out with back spasm. As of now, during the time of this recording, Christian Wood is still listed as questionable for tonight's game. But I don't care if Wood plays or not. One of the ways the Rockets can come out victorious in this game, and I don't want to continue repeating myself, is that they have to play DeMarcus Cousins. I just told you guys what this man was able to do in 25 minutes against the Pacers. I told you guys what that man was able to do in less than three minutes in the game against the Dallas Mavericks. Unfortunately, he got ejected. But when he had two minutes and 53 seconds of playing time, the man had four points two blocks, and three rebounds. A very productive two and a half minutes, if you ask me. And the reason why I keep harping on the DeMarcus Cousins aspect more than anything when I'm looking at this team right now is because I truly believe he is the X factor for how great this team can be. And I get Jay Shantae, you're good. But at the end of the day, you're not DeMarcus Cousins. And you're talking about a guy when he was healthy. He was arguably, if not the best, big man in the league. Now, do I think we're going to see that version of DeMarcus? I don't think so. But I would much rather see Salas utilize the talent and the potential of Cousins. And to me, I think he's going to be even better on the defensive end because the way this man has been blocking shots and pulling down rebounds, I'm loving what I'm seeing. And I'm really hoping that we get an opportunity to see Cousins and Wood share the flow together because we, we haven't seen him yet. Like Silas told me, it all depends on matchups. He has no excuse not to play him right now. That's that's my only problem with this. Now, I do want to mention the Rockets ended up losing that game with their small ball lineup, and Steven Silas was asked about the, you know, what why was the why wasn't Demarcus Cousins not on the floor? He said that he thought that he can actually win the game with Indiana going big. He thought that he could win the game going small. And he did in fact point out that that was a mistake on his fault and he believed that that loss was on him. I do want to point that out. Maybe we might see more Demarcus Cousins tonight. I don't know, but this team, there are two talented right now to be two and three this game tonight is a must win because I would hate for them to lose this game tonight. Then you got LeBron James coming to town yeah. Sunday and Tuesday. 
you're going to lose one of those for sure. Hopefully not both of them, but you're going to lose one of them for sure and you could say the same thing about the san antonio spurs games as well yeah this this is this is go time for the rockets now um they have to treat these next i'll say these next six games almost like it's the playoff um being productive being efficient um playing with chemistry uh but at the end of the day when the game ends when that clock says zero 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 they gotta have the w uh, because again they're gonna put themselves in a hole where now they're going to be fighting just to try to get the 500. And you, you want to be above 500 by the middle of the season. And with that being said, that concludes another installment of Believe in the Rockets only on the Believe Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. And you can follow me, Joaquin Hawkins, on Facebook as well as on IG at CoachHawk247. That is CoachHawk247. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.